God indeed dwell on the earth? Even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this house that I have built. Regard your servant's prayer and his plea, O Lord my God, heeding the cry and prayer that your servant prays to you today, that your eyes may be opened night and day toward this house, the place of which you said, My name shall be here, that you may heed the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. O oh, hear in heaven your dwelling place, heed and forgive. Likewise, when a farmer who is not of your people Israel comes from a distant land because of your name, for they shall hear of your great name, your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When a farmer comes and prays toward this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place. And do according to all that the farmer calls to you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and so that they may know that your name has been invoked on this house that I have built. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand therefore in the of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming powers of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. That and keep alert and always persevering supplication for the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, the message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. The word of the Lord.
as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones who did not believe and who were the ones that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One In the name of the one who is our bread, our fuel.
I'm still processing the ways in which God is so clearly at work with us. Often, when God is very busy in our lives, the readings we are exposed to seem to speak to our experience. And this week's lectionary is no exception. In pilgrimage is a journey to the heart of God, a journey embarked upon with fellow travelers, a journey of work, prayer, and relationship. Then all of our readings this morning can be excerpts from the pilgrimage guidebook. I will not unpack all of the readings in detail. The teenagers did remind me that in the Episcopal Church we do ten-minute sermons, not two-hour sermons. <laughs> but I do want to touch on some of the bits that deeply speak to this theme of journeying with one another to the heart of God. In our first reading, King Solomon addressed God saying, There is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and steadfast love with your servants who walk before you with all their heart. This week I saw young people walking before God with all their heart. And I realized that the only way that I know how to walk before God with all of my heart is by watching others do just that. Now, it is both obvious and easy to forget that we can walk before God everywhere we go. Because God dwells everywhere. God's dwelling means everywhere. Not just in temples and churches and on retreats and pilgrimages, but everywhere. And from today's psalm, How dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts. Happier they who dwell in your house. They will always be praising you. Happier are the people who strengthen in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. That may be the only line of scripture I need today. When we set our hearts on the pilgrim's way, on the way of an intentional journey into the heart of God, amazing things happen. But it is not easy to set our hearts on the pilgrim's way. It takes intentional planning and preparation, and it makes us very vulnerable. Our hearts are open and we are exposed. We need to dress ourselves carefully in order to embark on the pilgrim's way. Now I have to say, how we dress ourselves is of great importance. I can see that many of you know that so well and so wonderful this morning. But I'm not actually talking about fashion. On pilgrimage, the right shoes could mean the difference between major blisters and feet that survive and walk on the moon. The wrong belt will bruise your hips under a hiking pack. A wide-brimmed hat will save the back of your neck from sunburn, and a wet bandana will cool you in the midday heat. A good pack will fit you well and carry all you need. It will also provide something very lovely to lean on for roadside nets. According to the writer of today's epistle, there are many layers to consider as we dress ourselves for a life with Christ. Not just dressing for Sunday worship, not just packing for pilgrimage, 
but also donning ourselves with everything we need to live the countercultural life of walking with Christ. Stand therefore, the letter to the Ephesians tells us, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It sounds to me like we are told to dress for war. And while I usually avoid images of war, this epistle inspires me to take seriously the battle we fight for Christ's peace and justice and dignity for every single person. The battles we fight against our own prejudices and bad behaviors and temptations that we know exist inside of us. If I don't admit that life with Christ involves a bit of a battle and dress as such, I am rendered somewhat useless in our shared goal of making this world more closely resemble the kingdom of love that it was created to be. At Living Waters Center of Hope, next to Bainham's Church in Lowell, where our work spent Thursday morning, I met a man who was volunteering. He was about my age, educated, well-spoken, and passionate about helping people to shed the fear and prejudice we have for those who live on the streets. He showed me an exhibit of photographs on the wall in the cafe at Living Waters. Photos of places where homeless people sleep and where they spend their time. They were photographs taken by people who are homeless. One of the photographs was of a back alley, and he said that it represented the routes that homeless people often have to take to avoid the main sidewalks where they will see people who will look at them in fear, disgust, and worse yet, he said that that photograph was taken by him. He had been homeless, has been homeless, for seven months. A year ago, he was a manager at a major bank. But he experienced some depression. Things started to fall apart. His health insurance failed him. He could no longer pay rent. And then he found himself on the streets arguing with police officers about where he might sleep when it's raining. As he and I spoke, I struggled with my own reactions to the story, my temptation to feel bad for him, my realization that the other homeless people in the room didn't move me as much as this man did, who came across as a social and economic peer of mine, this man who could have been anyone of you. I realized that a real battle was going on in me, and I do need to equip myself to fight that battle rather than pretend it doesn't exist. I found myself grateful for a Jesus who fed people indiscriminately, not just with bread, but with friendship, 
He did not keep them at arm's length. Rather, he invited them into intimacy with God through himself. Jesus taught us to reject the walls that separate us from one another and to seek deep friendship with everyone, regardless of race, class, gender, age, regardless of where we sleep and where we eat and whom we love. For many people, this is too much. And in Jesus' time, for many people, it was too much. It is not easy to navigate a world where we really honor each person's belovedness. It is not easy to see Jesus as fully human and fully God, and to take in the fact that God becoming human and residing in each one of us demands from us that we treat every single person we encounter as if we know that God is in them. The idea of the incarnation was so hard that when Jesus started talking about it explicitly in today's gospel, many of his disciples gave up on him and went home, turning their backs on the love he offered. This week, a small band of pilgrims left their homes and together turned toward that love. By walking, they took the theories of indiscriminate Christian relationship and put them into practice. They encountered Christ in people who don't have homes, in people who lead ministries in under-resourced settings, in the people digging potatoes next to them, and in the mirrors that they cleaned in a historic old church building. While literal pilgrimage gives us the time and space to see God more clearly, I do not think you have to hoist a pack onto your back and tie on a good pair of walking shoes and trek 18 miles to take this journey. You simply have to listen to your life, the deepest part of it, where God is calling you, where Christ accompanies you and challenges you, where the Spirit compels you forward to serve people and to let them serve you, to love deeply, and to put one foot in front of the other, heart wide open, on your own pilgrim way.
Worldwide Anglican Communion, and for Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the ministries of St. Cyprian's Church, Roxbury, St. John and St. James Church, Roxbury, Grace Church, Salem, St. Peter's, the place of St. Peter Church, Salem, and the Chapel of St. Philip of Bethesda, Madame we pray for Catherine, Michael, our mission director, and for Alan and Peter, our bishops, and for all clergy and other ministers. Grant Almighty God that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Thank <laughs> you. 
came home and went on vacation. Um, so at some point, we will make them stand up and honor them. Uh, but it was a wonderful group of people. Thank you so much. Uh, for anyone who has sore feet or any other alien, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, there will be healing prayer. <laughs> During communion and immediately following communion over here in this transept, and anyone is welcome to Walk in love as Christ loves us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
mentioned that the anthem you just heard is not the one in your bulletin. I forgot to tell you this. Uh, Jay Lane is going to be with us today as the organist. We're very grateful. And with a smaller choir, they changed their anthem to one that was so beautiful. It called my eyes for beauty kind, which is a wonderful introduction to the universe. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opens to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you. Joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us to you. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord.
การ